Oh, mate, technology. Technology drives me insane. That was one of the most uncomfortable phone calls I had to make after we filmed last week. That's what? And Match came in, she was like, you haven't pressed the record button. <laughs> I was like, can you phone Matty for me? Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> so round two, here we go. So the, the minimalist challenge is where, so it's on Netflix, these two guys, and on day one, you get rid of one item. Okay. On day two, you get rid of two items. On day three, you get rid of three until you've done 30 days, and that's something like 400 odd items. Wow. And it's surprisingly difficult. Yeah. So there's clothes in my wardrobe, like I was saying just before we come on here. But I haven't worn for years. Yeah. But there's attachments to these things. Yeah. And you're practicing the form of non-attachment as well. Trying to, yeah. yeah. Uh, what area yeah. are you doing it in? Um, a, material, a lot of materials. So I've been stripping down a lot lately anyway. Yeah, yeah. Take, you, take your glasses I off. Say, I, I, I want to look into your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, um, just material things. It makes you realise, you know, I've been thinking lately, materially, we're, we're probably the most developed we've ever been if if that's a correct thing to say um but we're also in a time where we're struggling more with mental health more than ever mm. so it, it makes you wonder a little bit we're attached to a lot of these material things that will sometimes give us quick fixes or quick highs but uh, you know the glass is never full and you you're always trying to refill with new material things so non-attachment for me is is a massive thing and then there's non-attachment to material bodies which is not attaching to humans you know and to loved ones and that's that's another level that is isn't it you know that's a different level you know we'll go there in a minute um i started on a real basic level of like i, I thought of it more like a bit of a detox as well so i cleared off things off my phone just started yeah. real basic so like, yeah. what's on my phone that's distracting me and making me not not be present so like social media apps so if i want facebook now it's laptop yep so that that was a good place same to start. yeah and then yeah i went straight to material stuff then clothes just bits and bobs in the kitchen like plates cups and yeah. i was like i'm never gonna use these yeah never used them it's, yeah we've got I mean, more than enough haven't own. we yeah and i've got like a hundred glasses <laughs> and, I was, and i thought yeah just start simple because it, it's it's a bit like the jeff fear pyramid the higher up the pyramid you get of attachment like when you start to give away big things and you start to move on to like cars and stuff don't you You're yeah like, Forget the flash car. Yeah. Let's get this car that gets me from A to B. Yeah. That's the next that's, level. That's it, yeah. Yeah. And then, there's a, and then there's the not attaching to people. Yeah. So that's, I've, never that's, really, I've never really heard of this. That's so. a universal thing, that is, isn't it? They, they talk about it in the Bhagavad Gita. So that, that talks about attachment to material bodies. You know, and that's, like I said, that's... Um, that's a different level to where I'm at, you know, for sure. What are but, they encouraging then to go inside and just work on the self? Yeah, it's all about working on yourself. Do you it's ever all, find it all self internally. selfish? Or, or do, you, do you have to battle that? Like, what do you mean just work on me? Don't become attached to anyone. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's again, it's, but where, where does selfishness come from? You know, and where does proper selfishness mm. come from? You know, because if, if I'm in a good place mentally, you know, physically and spiritually, Everyone who is in my life benefits, so that's that's a good thing for everyone. And then I'm not relying on anyone or any kind of attachment or any material thing to make me happy. I just yeah. kind of rely on my myself. So again, the self care practices, you know, get them in place, get your routines in place, but don't attach to them. You know, if you can't do your weight training session that morning, 
it's not going to be the end of the world, you know, just kind of move on. Because we get obsessive. We do get obsessive. You know. I think especially with guys do, I see a lot of this with guys and I've been there. I think women as well. Yeah, I think because <laughs> yeah, I speak definitely. with guys. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Um, they will um, really struggle to envision or cope without a partner or their partner. So when they're on their own, they just really, you, you know, some guys are always in a relationship. Yes. So, yeah, because yeah. the kind of like the fear of being alone. But then again, a lot of the successful guys that I find, and again, it depends what you define as successful, they always talk about the rock, the person that's with them every yes. step of the way, you know, the, yeah. the great woman behind every great man. Yeah. Like, wh- where do you sit with that then? Like, do you believe that has a role to play in development? I think because of the, the world we live in where you've kind of, you know, if you're lucky, you've been brought up by a beautiful mother, you know, who's cared for you, sometimes mothered you a bit too much, and then that can lead into your like you're saying that that life of where you're kind of trying to replace your mother with a girlfriend so that's when these guys can't be on their own you know but i'm in a i'm in a very i've been in my relationship since i was 14 so i've been with sarah you know and she's very beautiful and she's had to put up with a lot of (laughs) a lot of my um traits Mm. um but i think that's kind of yeah it's, it's benefited us you know, so it's benefited me to have that person that, that I can offload to, you know, and, and brings a kind of a feminine kind of attribute to my previously male-dominated world. Yeah, you know, yeah, so that's really, really helpful. And other people make life worth living, don't they? Yeah, but again, well, are we relying on that too much? You know, can you rely on that too much? It's like if I don't, you know... We don't we don't look at death, do we? Very often, and and you know that's that's an area that is part of the human experience. You know, we're all going to die. You know, I was always yeah. you know you know me a few years ago. I was really into kind of this anti aging thing, trying to stay young for as long as possible. You know, and it's no well you know maybe not, but <laughs> but now because I'm so much more content within myself yeah you know when it's my time to leave this material body then it's my time so although i obviously want to live on this planet for as long and as healthy as possible you know i think it's inevitable that i'm going to die so i don't i don't attach to that anymore as well as much you know i still do my again fast fasting but i don't fast for weight loss i fast for longevity you know, because it just puts you in a healthier place, not eating so much. I know. think we all know we're not going to die, but do, do, but do we all really know we're going to die? Because, I, don't, I mean, we certainly don't live like that, do we? Well, if you do live your life like, you know, there is a God or your form of God, you're probably going to live a better life, you know. And for me, this isn't the end when you leave this material body. Whether your consciousness goes back into the earth, you're still, you're still kind of surviving, you're still going to be living but just in another form, another manifestation of energy. I heard someone challenge this. I think it was at a university where they said, um, because of sometimes the belief that there's more to life after this life, people don't really grab the essence of, of this particular life because the, they believe there's more. And you know, people are holding their hands up and saying, yeah, I kind of like that. I'm like, this isn't the only life I'm going to get. And I'm like, well, that's, that's a risky game to play. It's a risky game. And I think as well, from 
my own belief systems is that if we are put on this material world to connect to our spirit and to progress in an afterlife if there is one if we if we keep coming back to this material world we're not progressing so if you're living your life thinking oh well I'll get another chance it's not a great place to be because you know if your spirit does come back in another human form that life might not be as well developed as the life you're living now and do you if think that's what the you case, do in this life determines the quality of next life then yeah you do yeah yeah i do i do think that can happen you know there's a bit of a karmic kind of debt might need to be paid or you might be a good person and you know you might evolve from this this dimension this form you know so again not not many people have experienced death in their lives you know i've, 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 I've obviously sat with death of it's been part of my life you know there's people, loved ones, you know, material bodies who've who've left this earth sooner than they should have, you know. So you have to face it, you have to deal with it, you have to sit with it, um, and that's very like you said, that's very different to people. Everyone knows they're going to die, but no one really sits with it and thinks about it, and it's seen as being morbid. And it's you know, for me, it's being realistic. It's again connecting to nature. You look at nature, and you know, nature lives, nature dies. You know, it keeps growing and it keeps coming back, you know, so we can learn a lot of lessons from. Yeah, Stuart Williams said something interesting. He was like, we can sit and try and pretend to experience what it's like not to be here and to be dead. But he said, like, if you can do that, you're not experiencing death, perhaps, because, you know, some people believe that it's lights out, like that there's absolutely nothing. So you can't experience that. Yeah. Because if you, because even by the by the process of experiencing it, you're not actually fucking dead. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like, who knows? How, how old are you, Matt? Forty-four. Would you, Would you have had this conversation like fifteen years ago? Like this kind of conversation? Was it something that you wanted to explore then, or was this uh, new? Again, a lot of people ask, you know, how long have you been on this path for? And it's like, well, since I was born, mm-hmm. you know, this is my path that I've ended up in, you know, and again, there's destiny and free will you know and for me it's a bit of a bit of both you know we we get opportunities in life where we make choices or we have perceptions of how we're going to live our life and that perception can change your direction a little bit so i'd like to think i was always aware of 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 this or an afterlife you know I was brought up as a Catholic, so the religion was yeah. kind of there and, and, and the Bible was there. Um, I'm not so much a practicing Catholic now, but I definitely believe there's something. I believe there's a God. Where, where's that belief come from? Have you created I think, Do you know what? I think, I think that belief probably has come from me looking at myself and looking inside and looking internally. And some experiences I've had that have made me aware of of that belief. You know, if my belief's breath, if breath is my god, while I'm while I'm breathing, I'm alive. Then breath is something to be celebrated. You know, while we're breathing, we're very lucky. You know, we're experiencing God. You know, so I thank God for my breath. You know, and that's when I feel I've got a balance of this life making the most of this life but not attaching to this life as well 
it's kind of you, you're in the middle and it's it's a quite a good place to be actually sounds it we've so, gone straight in the deep end today yeah <laughs> should we talk about what you've been doing why not well for about the four months that you spent in Peru because I'm interested to, to know more I know we spoke on it briefly last time but cool to know a little bit more about your experience in Peru uh, especially the was it an eight day phase of, of cleansing and yeah. living off very very kind of few calories and basically yeah. a plant right yeah yeah, yeah a tree yeah let's let's hear more about this so um last july i went end of july i went to peru i ended up staying there for four months um working at a retreat center that called la medicina that works it does work with with civilians but it, um we had a, some ex-veterans who were suffering from PTS and depression. Um, and they go to the retreat, which a lot of them were American. Um, the retreat's in Peru. And they get plant medicine. And with that plant medicine, it, and they go in there with intentions as well, but they get to look at themselves and it gets to, to look at their depression, their PTS. Um, and to be fair, the, the the healing I've seen from it, not for everyone, because it's not for everyone as well, but for the majority that I've seen and worked with myself um, and my own healing, it's been amazing. It's been miraculous. When you say they get to see themselves, is this through the experience of consuming the plant? Yeah, well, when, when you're using, like, we give them ayahuasca, um, and I'm just a facilitator there, you know, there's, 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 there's a shaman who gives out the ayahuasca, who conducts the ceremony. I'm just there cleaning sick buckets and making sure everyone's all right kind of thing. Um, probably doing the jobs that the shaman doesn't, doesn't do anymore kind of thing, but has done them in the past. Um, so yeah, what happens, what's happened in my experience with, with ayahuasca especially is you kind of get to a place where you're having like a dialogue either with yourself, with your higher self, with a spirit, with God. Again, it depends on your interpretation of it. Um, I've had a ceremony where I've sat there with what felt like God and I've, I haven't felt any need to have any dialogue. Just sitting there in the presence of a spirit was, was enough for me. Um, but then there's been times before that where I've had a dialogue and it's like you're talking to yourself, your breath, your God, whatever you want to call it. And sometimes you'll start talking about things that have happened in your life, trauma that's happened in your life, places that you're stuck, loops that you're stuck. It might be in your brain, it might be in your body. And the plant medicine shows you these things sometimes. It presents uh, maybe an experience that's happened 20 or 30 years ago. Um, and sometimes it'll make you sit in it so it can be quite uncomfortable sometimes um, and then it can also give you a big hug and give you a lot of love because a lot of people who've been through traumatic experiences especially veterans who've seen friends die and felt used and abused um, you know some of them need a bit of self love like all of us we all need to to be able to rely on ourselves, to love ourselves, you know. So that experience with the plant medicine um, is quite powerful. 
because you are in a dialogue with say your higher self and you get to ask yourself questions you know so people say you know it's not good to judge anybody we're all on our own journeys but when you're your higher self and you're judging yourself you'll find answers there and sometimes your judge, judgment of yourself might be too critical as well and you have to let that go well you had eight days to sit and contemplate completely didn't you yeah well what what i did when i first got there is i did a in the last sort of nine months i've done three dietas and a dieta is like a spiritual cleanse and you go into a tambo uh, so the first week i got there i went into a tambo um, which is like a, a little shack or shed with a bed and a um, you get like a book you can take books in with you but I decided not to take any books and you're living in the jungle so um, they've got hammocks in the tambos which are you'd be a bit of luxury <laughs> but um, the way the sheds are there's like there's kind of there's not they're not windows on them you get nets and the nets just stop insects from coming in so you're kind of outside and you sit there with your own thoughts and you sit there with your ego for the first couple of days because your ego is trying to attach to something um, and you'll role play and you'll go over things, fantasize. But then after a couple of days, you're kind of on your own. You find your true self, you know, and, and you're talking practically, you're on your own. You're on your own. Yeah. yeah you're, so you're, you're in you the talk things through. You're on about with yourself. Again, it's that inner dialogue. You know, we all kind of have these conversations with ourselves. So you don't go trekking, you don't do it? No, you're allowed to go and walk out. The toilets, you've kind of got a toilet cubicle, which is outside. So, you know, there are times when you when you do go outside, but um, you're away from, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to um, be with people or speak to people. The shaman will come and see you. Um, the people who work under him will come and drop food off to you. Very limited food. You have porridge in the morning. You'll have rice and plantain in the afternoon and then you'll get a thing called fermented yucca, which is not really very tasty or anything, but it's got all the nutrients. You can survive off that on its own. So you're very limited with your food. You, The first tree that I dieted on was called eye humor, which is not um, psychoactive. And the idea of dieting on a plant or on a tree is that you connect to the spirit of that plant and that plant grows inside you and I humor the first one I did was a, a very grounding plant um, so I did that for eight nights and then I did some retreats working with the the soldiers um, and then I did another dieta uh, and the idea of, of doing a dieta when you're a facilitator um, is to protect yourself spiritually protecting yourself because when you're in a ceremony and you've got people purging they're purging up energy and that energy can attach to you as well if you're not careful um and sometimes people are bringing up some real traumatic experiences there's a lot of crying you know there's there's also laughing um there's confusion there's bliss there's all the emotions are going on and you're in that ceremony you're part of that if you're not careful that energy will attach to you and it become it can you can suffer because of that so the idea of the the dieta is to keep myself protected from other people's energies um yeah and it worked for me quite well the last one i did which was a, only a couple of months ago well probably about six weeks ago 
Um, it was great to be back in that timbre. No distractions uh, on my own again. And I signed a kind of really relaxed into it this time. And I really felt that benefit of that. The tree I used then was called um, Uchi Sanango, which is a tree that resets your nervous system and also gives you clarity. Um, and it's still growing in me. I can still feel it. I've never slept so well in my life as well. So the reset of the the nervous system was a fantastic thing, you know, especially in the kind of Western world we live in. Our nervous system is getting attacked all the time. And to have that cleansed felt still feels great. So if I was doing this podcast with Matty Evans of 10 years ago, then like, what would be the most striking differences between you of 10 years ago versus the guy I'm sitting opposite now? Uh, I think I said the right things 10 years ago, but my actions weren't doing the right things. Well, how many of us can, how yeah. many of us can relate to it's, that? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And we, you know, we can all talk the talk, you know, but I've always been quite kinesthetic, so I've always been a very touchy-feely person. Um, and 10 years ago, my ego was would have been saying the right things and it would have been protecting me and it would have been... It's not about the ego and it's all this, but was I really feeling it? Nah, I still had my guard up. Is that not just you know. the fight though that you had to go through? Yeah, yeah. it's just the journey, isn't it? So it wasn't intent. It wasn't in, like you were intentionally not backing it up. It was you're going through the fight, right? Yeah, you're going through the fight, but the fight again can be the made up world. You know, I was sitting here talking about energy and plant medicine and that, and people are probably thinking energy. What you know? What do you mean? But. We create these worlds ourselves. We create the world you're living in. You know, you'll, you'll create the habits, whether they're good or bad. You know, you'll, you'll create the problems. You'll create the suffering. You know, pain's kind of inevitable. Suffering is kind of a bit of a perception. One person's pain might be, or one person's suffering might be someone else's kind of growth. You know, so... the. Me, 10 years ago, I was still on my journey. I wasn't ready for where I am now. I'm just glad to be able to look back and to say, wow, the growth there was amazing. You know, so I feel I have evolved, moved on from that person. And that's kind of what I want. A lot of people are scared of change. Change can be difficult. But, you know, I want to look back in 10 years' time and think back to this and go... Oh, that was a great journey, you know, and I enjoyed that journey. I enjoyed myself 10 years ago. You know, I was having a good time um, and I was where I needed to be. But I've always looked, I've always been looking to, to for growth. I've always been looking to evolve. And that progress has naturally led to this progress. You know, I think like yourself, when you've been in the industry of eating well, training well, um, what thinking about what you're putting in your body, thinking about what you're putting out of your body, um, language, you know, you're always on that path. The problem with that path is it can be very, you can get stagnant and you can stay stuck in that kind of ego-dominated path. And I just feel I've just stepped out of that a little bit. Um, and it feels good to take my armour off. <laughs> the fight yeah. was too much you can kind of sense it when you're around you as well yeah it's strange I can't articulate it 
Yeah. But it's like you have shedded that arm. I was going to use the word rebirth. I didn't know if that was too dramatic or not, or whether you'd go no, with that. No, I'll, I'll go with that again. Ayahuasca, the spirit of ayahuasca is known to be like a snake. And the snake sheds its skin, you know. And, and while it's shedding its skin, you know, it has to hide away behind a rock or and it has to keep itself protected because when we're shedding our skin, we're vulnerable. But then once you've shed your skin and then you've created a new skin, you're bigger, you're stronger, you're, you know, you're in a better place. So for me, that analogy of, of that is, is a great... And, and, and a, a snake doesn't just shed its skin once in its lifetime. It's many times, you know. So the pain and the suffering is that time when you are shedding your skin and you're vulnerable. And sometimes when you're in that suffering, you know, it's like you're at the bottom of the well and all you can see is a little light. And sometimes you can't even see the light at the top of that well. But hopefully one day you'll be at the top of that well looking down into the dark and saying, well, that was actually a good journey for me. There was a lot of growth in that discomfort. While, while you're in it, it's very hard to, to kind of go, oh, everything's going to be all right. You know, you're, you're suffering, you know, and, and you need that time to feel that suffering, to sit with that suffering. And that's what we're not, no, what no one's doing. No one wants to accept that part of the human experience. You know, when that's the place we should be, we should be in. You know, we relate it to physical things, no pain, no gain. And, and, you know, to get good, you've got to go through it, you know. But when you when it's kind of a mental suffering and you can't get out of bed, you know, you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear no pain, no gain. You don't want to hear you're going to be all right, you know. But you also don't want to sit and waller. So it's, again, it's getting that balance. You know, and I, I do feel... a I do feel different to where I was three years ago, let alone 10 years ago. <laughs> sure, man, I'm sure. I heard a podcast, well, I was listening to a podcast this morning, and it, you know, you just pretty much echoed what was said on there. When, when we're talking about change, and I, I kind of like, you, you know when it's one of those obvious things you hear on a podcast, but a bit of a light bulb goes off in your head, and you're like, that's so simple, yet so true. And it was this guy talking about, he said, the first thing you have to do with change is kind of like convince yourself that, not convince yourself, but be sure that you want to change. Yeah, because we can all sit there and wish and hope for things, but like I know my life until I until I really commit and say I want to change, yeah. that's the big step. Yeah, not wishing, not hoping, like saying I actually want to change. Yeah, because when you when you get stuck in your own ways, you you get everything you want. That's the thing, temporarily, don't you? Yeah, there's it's some it, reward it, in the ways you'd you'd move. It becomes comfortable. Very even in that own suffering even Very if you are depressed and you can't get out of bed you find your own comfort in that depressive mode you know and, and again that might be part of your journey and that journey might go on for 10 years you know but we we create with a thought what we want and that thought can be powerful and then we feed the thought and then we become the thought so if you know if you're feeding that thought of being depressed you are going to stay depressed, you know, and then one day you might make that, you know, that thought of, well, you might create a thought of, I want to change. You know, the the, the thing with changes is, is even if we do want to change, it's trying to look at the benefits of the change, you know, and there is, for me, there's always a, a place where as you're changing, you're going through that vulnerability, it's it's scary and you don't really know where you're going to go. You don't know who you're going to become. You know, like with my journey to Peru, 
I knew I was going to change and I was ready for a change, but I didn't really know what that was going to consist of, you know, and it's only coming to light now. I can, I can feel the change and other people can feel the change and sure. it's, it's, I feel great. You know, it's, it's, it's great to have had that change. Um, and there are similarities to what I was like 10 years ago. You know, I understood that there's no growth in comfort and, you know, but it was all a very physical kind of mental place. I was at, I was living in my head. You know, the, the reason I extreme tra trained is because I couldn't feel my body otherwise. I couldn't feel uh, my adrenaline. I couldn't feel anxiety. I couldn't feel my heart warming or my heart being cold. I was disconnected from my body. And my recent journeys have helped me connect to a spiritual part that, again, I knew about a little bit and I've talked about it a bit, but I never felt it. Whereas now I'm feeling it, you know, and that's why I do my self-care practices and my routines because sometimes I feel the energy in my body. It's taken a lot of practice, but sometimes when I'm meditating now or when I'm doing my breathing exercises, I get chills and shivers through my body and I can feel my heart and I can feel my stomach and I realise I have, did have anxiety for a long time, but my anxiety came out in controlling ways and I used to say well I don't get fear I don't get anxious you know because I, I was a warrior and I realized that you know although I didn't admit to feeling anxiety everyone else around me felt my anxiety because the mood swings would happen you know and it's only been recently that I've been aware of that so I did have fear and I did have, did have anxiety and now I can feel it a little bit more when the anxiety comes I can feel it in my stomach. So what I've done is I've actually sat with that feeling and I've realised it's such a part of our natural human experience and I'm not trying to run away from that feeling. You know, It's part of who I am. So by sitting with it and recognising it, I deal with it myself or I take responsibility for it myself so no one else around me gets affected by that. Whereas 10 years ago, I'd get anxious, I'd get fear, and I'd put up a front, and it wouldn't affect me directly, but it would affect other people around me. So I made it more of an external thing instead of being an internal thing. You know, we want to sometimes get rid of the pain, get rid of the suffering, and that's fine, and that's good, but sometimes we need to sit with that, to connect to it, to understand it. And that's what I feel we're not really doing. You know, what, what was the turning point for you then? Like what, what what made you book those plane tickets and head over and try your first ayahuasca experience? Well, I think my bike accident, when I've come off my bike, you know, it was like the universe was telling me to slow down and I didn't listen. Because this was, uh, was it broken leg? Well, I shattered my fibula and my tibia. Yeah. Um, I broke my left ankle. Um, my big toe come out of its socket. I broke my left wrist as well. So I was in a wheelchair for three months. So was this a lucky to be alive kind of accident? Uh, I think we're all lucky to be alive, aren't mm. we? <laughs> you could have died, right? But Well, if I'd have landed on my head, I was yeah. luckily, luckily enough, yeah, I, I landed sense. on my legs. Yeah. You know, so if, if my head would have took the brunt of it. I think because I was about to hit the back of the car and I pulled out to the side 
So I kind of hit the side of the car and went down the side of the car, hit the wing mirror. And I, as I come off my bike, I went onto my side and I rolled. I like to think I did a judo roll and I carried on rolling and then I stood up, which is a stupid thing to do, but I did actually stand up it, and yeah. took my helmet off and then just kind of went, you, yeah, and, and cursed myself a bit. And then I lay back down. Um, and yeah, but luckily enough, it hit my legs. It didn't hit my head. If I'd have hit the back of the car, I'd have probably gone over the car and been run over by the car. Yeah as well at the same time so so this was a physical guy who, you know you trained for a living you taught people how to fight all of a sudden you can't do that yeah your physical you body's been pretty much destroyed right taken away from you taken away from me yeah and then you were left with yeah. what we call mind or spirit or yeah well i was i was kind of like okay you can feel your leg now <laughs> you can feel your body now um, but it was like, right, sit there and feel that for a bit. I still found that such a hard question to answer when someone says, Alex, how do, how do you really feel? Yeah. Because right. we attach words to, we, and we'll just come out with things like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm all right, I'm happy, I'm sad. I'm, but we don't ever really know what the, what the hell that means, right? Where, where is it? Where, yeah, where, where, is where it? are what? you feeling yeah. that happiness? Yeah. Where are you feeling the love? Yeah. You know, where are you feeling the sadness? You know, because... Our, our, our brains and our guts you know the brain and our gut is so connected but we've kind of seemed to disconnect it you know so for me I had my bike accident I was in the wheelchair I could read thankfully <laughs> um, and I could research things that I was kind of interested in which again was plant medicine I've kind of been interested in it for a bit um, and this is where the warrior inside me helped me out. This is where the physical body did help me out and the mentality did help me out because I wanted to get better again. I wanted to get back to training again. So my discipline, my consistency, which is for me is, is king. You know, like I don't ever think I've been great at anything. I just think I've been good at being consistent. So I'll just do the same things again and again and you can't help but get good at it. So I was determined to get back to the gym, really. Um, so it gave me that, I had that drive and yeah, I went, I went on the road to recovery and somewhere along that line, my spirit was coming out and it gave me the spirit to carry on. I had the spirit in me and all of a sudden I started to like the way that spirit was, you know people say he's got spirit you know and we've all got spirit you know and it can be a fantastic tool um, but yeah and, and and i started connecting to my spirit that's how it feels what intentions mm. did you go in with to the ceremony then i think i want i knew i had some healing to do some more healing to do um like all of us we've had traumatic experiences you know i've had a traumatic experience you know, when I lost my brother, it was it was a bit it was a big it was a big thing for me. It left a lot of mar a lot of pain and suffering. And although I th I thought I'd looked at that, and I had I had looked at it and I'd worked on it. You know, I'd cried, I'd had a breakdown, I'd done everything. All the emotions had come out, but what I ended up being was disconnected to my body. You know, so I put on the front. I wanted to 
are you okay yeah i'm all right you're training yeah i'm training you still you know well you're saying all the right things but there was you know and i, and I had done a lot of healing i'd sat with it you know because i kind of you have kind of had to there was no getting away from it you know your brother's taken his own life you found him you know that, that's that's part of it becomes part of your identification but i got stuck in that identification it became a narrative you know whenever i met people if i started being vulnerable around them i'd be happy to share that and people benefited from that so you know people did get their benefits from that you know i'm still kind of talking about it now um and it is part of my story but i was stuck in that story for a long time it was a good excuse for me to not get on with my life you know but um and i'd buried a lot of that trauma down and by going and doing plant medicine i sat with it you know and, and i felt you know, ayahuasca is it means um the indigenous indigenous tribes call it the vine of the dead so a lot of the time they look at their ancestral traumas when they're using ayahuasca and I think that's what happened with me as I got that chance to look at my brother to talk with my brother it was like I was in communication with my brother again so then I started going okay I started asking him things that I didn't ask him you know when he was here and all the whys you know when someone takes their own life there's a lot of whys and there's a lot of guilt and a lot of emotions that you really have got no control over <laughs> and the one thing ayahuasca shows you is that we've got no control over anything you know but we're all trying to get control we're all searching for this control so i got to face you know i got to sit with with my demons and i got to sit with my trauma um you know it was there my brother was there you know and and with the shaman there and with the healers uh Marseille especially I helped I helped work through that trauma you know and it, and it really helped me out what messages yeah. did you get back like, what did you find out from your brother um this was a it was a bit of a difficult one um because it was like Again, when you're thinking of afterlife and when you're thinking of our journeys and if there is something after this and if your spirit goes on, you know, when, you, when you're when you in such a bad place in this material world that you want to end your life, if you're your own judge or you're your own God, then you're going to take that with you to wherever you go, if you go anywhere. Like some people say, you don't go anywhere. You know, but if your conscious is there when you still when you've leave this material body, you're going to be dealing with some of that stuff. And having that kind of conversation with my brother, like he was still dealing with that, was quite a sad, not, not, it's not a very nice place. You know, it's like, well, he's had to deal with it on this planet. He thinks he's escaping this planet, but then he might be dealing with it somewhere else. You know, it's quite a hard pill to swallow. Um, but that's my belief. And that's kind of what my belief was and is. So, so yeah, having them conversations were were quite difficult. I cried a lot, you know, but I also laughed a lot because I started thinking about the good times I had with my brother, 
you know, and I remember a few days before my brother left, we had a grappling match. And I remember sitting to him only last year, I'd literally been on to an ayahuasca ceremony. I'd come back and I was still deep in the medicine. But I'd done my role and I wanted to get back and I'd kind of pulled a chair out and I tried to connect to my brother's spirit. And I started talking about this last grapple that we had, which is, was at um, Neil Adams's place. It was a long time ago. Um, and I was training so hard at the time. I was really training hard and my brother was, wasn't very well, you know, physically, mentally, or mentally. But he was such a good wrestler that, you know, we, we went at it for a bit and I was trying my best to get him. And, you know, I kind of look back at that now and I laugh because I got there in the end with him, but it was like, I, I was on it. I was at my peak and he hadn't even really been training and he was still just so amazing, you know, and it was like, and so it was quite a beautiful moment, you know, so with the tears comes, you know, the, the joys as well, you know, and I've started to look at the the good things that I had. You know, and I'm concentrating on that. You know, and it's and it was the same. Um, a friend who 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 passed away uh, only a couple of months ago, Lord Barrington, and I went to his funeral. And on the way there, I was thinking of the good times I had with him. I worked his corner quite a lot. Um, and when he first came round and asked me. You know to teach him grappling and it's this big monster of a man who, who was like came to pick me up from my mum's and we you know we, he was giving me an initiation test we went and had a grapple basically <laughs> and it was like even now just smiling about it you know it was it was a good times so again it's the good times are important because they're the memories i want to keep hold of i want to keep them good memories of my brother you know i want to keep them good memories of my friends you know because it's all part of the human experience. I'm also going to keep the bad memories, you know, but I'm going to sit with them. I'm not going to try and hide them or, or ignore them. I want to sit with them. So um, that was part of my healing. You know, I wrote a lot of letters last year and did some fire ceremonies. You know, journaling's a great way to get out. We've spoke about this before, Alex, you know, with, with um, one of my mentors, Jeff Thompson, you know, who... He's, has wrote a lot of his his traumas in books. You know, he's prolific at it. Um, he got it out there. It's a great thing to do. Write, write down what you're thinking. And if you don't want to show anyone, you know, light a fire and put it in the fire. Give it back to the universe. So I did a lot of that kind of, that shadow work with my brother. Um, and I'm okay with it. You know, and my dreams have changed and everything. Especially lately, I was like, I used to have some really bad night terrors. I used a lot of cannabis to, to stop that. I thought it helped. It stopped me getting the night terrors and then I thought it helped me sleep, which I realised it didn't. It was a myth because since I don't use it, I sleep a lot better now. With the terrors for the base? Night terrors were a lot about my brother. I would always yeah. be fighting in the dreams and stuff. And then recently, my dreams of my brother have changed. So it's kind of... Again, whether it's my conscious, whether it's the ayahuasca, the vine of the dead, you know, whether it's sitting there with that trauma and talking to the trauma and, and finding out where it is, finding out, you know, being okay with it, sitting with it. Um, so by, by doing that, 
I feel I've got to a place, a good place. And my dreams about my brother now, I've had some really good dreams about him lately. You know, some more casual dreams. Do you think you should pay attention to your dreams? A a little. I feel myself, I've I've definitely had some messages lately in my dreams. Mm. I've I've had a dream about, I dreamt about my cousin the other day. I haven't spoke to for a long time and I woke up and I, I got in touch with my cousin which made me go and see my auntie, you know, which created some good energy and it, and it was needed as well. You know, sometimes your dreams are kind of non- nonsense, you know, but sometimes there are messages in there. Depends how in tuned you are with yourself. I'm having some therapy on these because I've had night, I think you call it night terrors, nightmares for 12 years now. Yeah. But they've started to become like ar- archetypal figures yeah. showing up and it's like, this is just crazy yeah and it's just fascinating I'm more fascinated intrigued yeah it's it's interesting again there's a lot of Carl Jung talk, talk a lot about the Important, dreams and yeah. That. yeah and it's but again it's it's something that are we attaching to as well a little bit you know but um on the last retreat we had um at the Medicina I've, I've been working with um Heroic Hearts Project and most of the guys from Heroic Hearts Projects was USA based, but we had the first um, English retreat. So it was, it was English vets only from Heroic Hearts Project UK. And um, one of the guys there who's a friend, and you know, I hope he doesn't mind me saying, but I'm gonna say it anyway. So he'd suffered from night terrors for 10 years. So he, was, he had post-traumatic stress from uh, some situations in his life he'd been in Iraq and been in a um, a car crash as well um, and he'd attached to his PTS for a long time and when he had when he came to the retreat and had ayahuasca his dreams changed his night terrors had changed I spoke to him again the other day because we're doing in, I'm holding integration circles um, and his dreams have gone his dreams have changed so he's like a different person now he's like he's, he was very good with his self-care practices I've learned a lot from him myself he likes his breathing exercises um, he's a vegan so he's very careful of what he eats um, and he likes to look after his body look after his mind but this was the missing element he couldn't get to the source and we spoke a bit about him changing his narrative changing his story and that's how you know I can relate to him doing that because I felt I've had to change my story I was stuck in my story for a bit and this is where the attachment comes you get attached to the suffering you know do you create a new one then or do you just try and have no identity I think you start creating new ones you know you become another person that serve you better that serves your way where you're at better Okay. You know, so that's it's, it's interesting concept, isn't it? Really, you haven't thought know? about that. You don't. You, you haven't sat there and thought, "This is the identity I'm going to create." You've just followed a path. I think if you're trying to create a specific identity, then it becomes quite ego based. It's your ego's trying to get involved there. You know, and that's again, your ego can be your drive, and it can help you with your passion, or it can help you create some amazing things. So it's it's not. I'm not talking about it in a negative way because uh, it can be very positive um, but it's also an attachment as well that we can get stuck in so 
for me at the moment, I'm just concentrating on. I I, I concentrate on changing my story, changing my identification, and what I'm concentrating now is is my internal self care practices, and in a weird kind of way, the universe has started to provide things for me, you know, which is again is a, is another concept, but I believe in a bit of a universal law. But to be in touch with that universal law, I need to be quite clean and cleansed. You know, I've got no addictions at all at the moment. No soft addictions, no hard addictions. Um, uh, and things keep things keep happening or presenting themselves to me. You know, so I might be creating a new story or n another chapter. Um, but I haven't specifically got a goal of what I want to do. You know, it's all just about taking care of myself. So that's your north star, right? That's now. my yeah. That's that's kind of my my purpose, and then with that purpose creates other purposes. You know. Yeah, we, I spoke about this yesterday with a friend where he asked me right out. Uh, we were talking about purpose and lack of, and he spun the question around and said, "Do you feel like you're worth the purpose?" Like if if you know if I said to you your only mission now in life is to work on yourself, would you feel like that's a worthwhile mission? I was like, fucking hell, that's a big question, man. Probably yeah. not, and I think that's one of the first stages. It's like, am I worth the time and the effort? Yeah. I think I'm worth it. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. yeah. I think because yeah, but surely you didn't. It hasn't always been that straight, right? It's not always been like, yeah, I'm worth everything. I deserve this. Surely you've had times where you're fighting with yourself, saying. 100 yeah, percent you know yeah. there's been times where I've, you know i've been very close to taking my own life alex yeah. so, so you've been you know, fighting yeah yeah you've got to be you know it's yeah. part of the human experience you know anyone who's kind of done something and got over it you know whether that be an addiction you know you talk to someone who's an alcoholic and they're in they're, they're deep in their alcoholism when they're starting to lose everything around them they're not the kind of person who are going to see the growth the growth in that situation whereas you talk to someone who's maybe a recovering alcoholic and they're looking back on it they're probably grateful for that experience because it's got to them to another place so when you talk about like thinking about taking your own life like what what's the driving force behind that like if you can look back on it now like what drives you to that point is there anything specific that you say yeah it, you know it's this it was the trauma it was me not being able to process and deal do you, do you know what it was or was yeah. it all just I think like a lot of it comes down to self-worth a lot of people who are in that situation feel that this world is a better place without them in it so a lot of it becomes in my um, opinion it becomes about self-worth and self-love and purpose this is where purpose fits in you know if you, if you can't love yourself it's hard to give that love out to others you know and then there's that fine line where you like you love yourself so much that you're not aware of others you know so it's, it's again it comes back to balance you know but um lots of things can happen one day you can be feeling really low and the next day you, you might be feeling all right you know hang 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 on in there is is my view on it you know because like nature, life's changing, or forever changing, and some days it's winter, and some days it's spring, and some days it's summer, you know, 
some sometimes we're shedding our skin and it's autumn so you can learn a lot from from that you know it's trying to, a lot of us are living in the past mm. with you know it's like, oh this is what happened to me and this and, and we're stuck in the past yeah you know we need to try and get a reality check and be in the present i agree with that which is again something that is you have to practice you have to you have to practice being a human being instead of a human doing you know where you're always doing something and always distracted instead of just being and just kind of feeling what's going on in the moment yeah it's tough to do because i know as humans we like to get better at things like you've used the word you know improving your own self game like still mm. there's an element of you working on something you're not just sitting around doing them. I think you're working. Like yeah. you're work, do you know what I mean? So I think as long as every guy has that, that they might be okay. But I was thinking about this whole depression thing and I, I feel like I can talk about this because I've been there and a, a lot of mine was also down to courage as well, the courage not to pursue what I really wanted to do. That can create a depressed life. Yeah. You know, when you're doing things that just don't serve you or doing yeah. things because of some way you've been brought up or doing things because it's easier. Yeah. I found that often that is because they're both hard routes. Like if you chase what you really want in life, it's hard. Yeah, isn't it? It is. But it so is. is also staying in a life that just is not mm. fulfilling. Yeah, they're both difficult. Again, but a lot of it's for me. But the stage I'm at now, a lot of it's attachment. You know, it's like you're wanting to do something to 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 be successful in your eyes. You know, and sometimes you can. The next thing you know, you've become sec successful in that area. But you've become unsuccessful in other areas. Sure, and that's so it's hard it, to get that. It, it is hard. It's hard to find what's important it, it to you. It's definitely hard. Matt. Um, lockdown was a little bit of a blessing for me because it, it forced me to stop, slow down, give up the gym, um, and then I come across that minimalist thing, which grabbed my attention. I was like, oh, I'm going to start getting rid of stuff off the phone, get rid of stuff, and that was a great draw. And like you say, if you're aware and you sit in it, you can see like, oh, I'm attached to this item of clothing it's insane yeah it's crazy it is crazy you're sat there debating for 20 minutes whether keeping this jacket is going to make you happy or not yeah but it's, it's the programming's deep though isn't it it's very deep you know so I've got compassion for that as well you know because the programming is, is, of is we've been raised on it yeah so you know people are attached to material objects and there's nothing wrong with that that's part of their journey you know if someone wants to go out and get that nice car because they feel it makes they feel successful by doing that, then that's fine. That's their journey, you know. Good good luck to them, you know. And, and that's 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 okay. With, I'm okay with that, and they should be okay with that. Um, well, do you not think it depends? If, like if they're sat there and go, "I love my life. It's great." Yeah. Cool. But do you not think if they're saying, "It's got to be more to life than this. I'm working my ass off." Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Is people are never people. You know, people won't be fulfilled with that. Usually, if if we're relying on a material object to measure our success, you're going to get that material object, and then you're going to go. Well, actually, this wasn't what I was looking for. No, but we you know, know this, don't we? Yeah, but knowing it and feeling it are to totally different things. Yeah, because we will repeat the same mistakes until we've learned yeah. them, right? It's, so yeah. it's like the guy who gets a. Car well, we might never learn them. No, we might not. No. A theory, when, where, where does it stop? That's the thing. It's like you can get. The, the nicest car in the world but then the next nice car comes out you know when and it's an external you know in my view on it it's an external thing you're relying on something out there 
to make you happy whereas that's not going to happen you need to rely on in here it's going to make you happy you know people keep asking me you know or oh, when you're going away again and it's like i'm here i'm inside here you know like I'm, i don't need to if i go away i'll go away but internally I've, I'm, I'm, I've found happiness you know but i'm also going to have moments where i'm not happy it's, gonna say, it's a fleeting yeah. state right yeah, happiness, it's, yeah it's happiness we're all kind of looking for it you know yeah. and that's all we want we yeah. just want happiness and you know i'm afraid to say but that's not life that's not the human experience no. it doesn't allow for that no, you know? i think the worrying thing is that the, the, the happiness comes with a higher high so that you know everything's bigger faster yeah do you know what i mean so the highs are the higher but the lows yeah are lower. The lower you know and we're, yeah i think we chase those constant highs wanting this state of permanent happiness yeah just that acceptance like what you've just said is great if someone's listening to this and all they take is that that is normal yeah and just accepting it the guy who i had last week paul foster he's a, the chef at salt in stratford great guy and he said as soon as he accepted that he said my life was so much better yeah he was like i stopped thinking i should be happy all the time yeah he was like I'll just turn my phone off for the day watch TV play with my kids that's what it's all like, about so yeah fucking happy. that's it you know it's non-attachment it's making your life simple you know but it's hard you know we've been programmed to buy you know programmed to eat you know programmed to do a lot of things that we don't that are not really necessary you know but undoing that programming is hard work it's hard it work. takes how, years how has it been for the people around you like loved ones friends have you lost friends because if you're a different person and you've, you've had this rebirth then surely your friends and and family are going to be like well this is a different person which it is yeah how, how's that gone down because change is hard for the individual it's hard for the people around us as well right? yeah well what's been beautiful with like my sarah let's say is that you know been together a long time love each other's company um quite very physical um Having two teenage boys doesn't help with that that aspect of things. And when you go on these retreats, you know there's a lot of restrictions. So no certain foods, no dairy, no alcohol, no drugs, no sex. How long is the time period? Well, last year we was like oh, nearly five months. <laughs> so yeah it's a long time when you these guidelines might do they, or are these like look if you come to this retreat this is what you they, do they're kind of guidelines um, if you're going to commit yourself to something like that you know you want to do it in my opinion you want to do it properly and anything I've ever done I do properly it's you know it's, it's, like yeah, yeah you've got you've got to yeah. do it properly you know so if you're going to benefit by use having these restrictions there's places that you go to in in peru that they, they don't even mention the restrictions you know i've heard people go oh, what are the restrictions and they're going on higher journeys you know. so, sorry because this is important i think what you just said is so fucking key that whole like if i'm going to do something i'm going to do well i'm going to do my best i think that yeah. alone is good for mental health yeah that's proper respect there yeah respect yourself because yeah, you're doing your respect, best respect the energy that you're getting and whatever comes of it outcome. Yeah irrelevant right you've just said i just you know if i'm going to do it i'm going to do it well yeah again that just commands self-respect doesn't it yeah that's who you are that's that's what yeah that, that's yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah. that's a great thing to aim for and aspire for yeah isn't it no matter what you're doing yeah do the be the best of it yeah. be the best you can just and again yeah. pri just privately is enough yeah not publicly and i that, love that I and just yeah well it's all about privately you know and it's and it's baby yeah. steps take your time with it don't think you're going to be you know, if you're going to start training or 
don't know, BJJ, boxing, whatever training. Don't think you're going to be like always Gracie or Floyd Mayweather. You no, know, just them little, just little, little baby steps. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've so just started BJJ, and my attitude, hopefully, is a little bit like that. I'm just yeah. proud that I'm showing up and learning. That's that's it. Yeah, that's good enough for me. So it's that's enough. It. Yeah, I love anything that you can get better at. Yeah, anything that you can dedicate time and effort to, like a craft, a well, skill. Mine's life now. Yeah, I can get better at, at living. You know, and that means all the emotions. Yeah. So that means when I lose someone who I love, I'm gonna deal with it better. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna think about the good times I've had with them. Think about the good things. And I so I'm gonna cope with it a bit better. It's not gonna I'm still gonna be upset, I'm still gonna be sad, but I'm aware that it's gonna happen. I'm not being an ostrich and putting my head in the sand and making out that unless I'm happy that's the only thing that's gonna work because it's not, you know, and going back to my relationship with Sarah, you know, like we've kind of had a bit more of a like a, a spiritual kind of connection since I've come back last year we've been more in tune spiritually you know we like on on Sunday we'd been the weather weren't that great so my Sarah loves the sun she had a couple of days off there was these jubilee celebrations and stuff and but the weather weren't that great but we went out anyway and we'd come back and we you know we did a sound bath together and, and I got to do a little bit of a meditation with us and and you know she does a breathing exercises she's doing a yoga so her self care practices have have gone through the roof but instead of me telling her and saying you should do this you should do that I've just led by example and now we're doing the things together and it's added another it's added another avenue of our relationship which is great you know so what you were saying, have people around me benefited from it? I'd like to say, yeah, really, you'd have to ask them, you know. Um, I'm still, I'm still Matty, you know, I've, I've still got, I'm still a work in progress, but I feel my energy's changed, my body language has changed a little bit, and I feel I've got more compassion for people, you know. I'm not judging people, you know, and... I'm feeling because I feel healed. I'm hoping I might be able to touch other people and you know open their spirit up and and get them sort of finding a purpose of just looking after themselves. You know, letting them have some self love and some self worth. Yeah, because that's you know that seems like the next logical step to to help other people with their suffering, doesn't it? Yeah, I think you know once once you've healed yourself, and I think this it's important. It's not, it's not, you know, you can still help people, you know, but when you're in a good place and you can lead by example, you're more authentic, you know, and, and if, if we are passing energy on with people, if you've got some, I refer to it as dark energy, you know, if you've got some dark energy going on and you're trying to help people, you might be putting that dark energy on them as well. So it's, it's a funny area, but I feel if I'm healed... Um, which doesn't mean that I'm not going to have moments again where I'm, I'm going to have to work on myself. I work on myself every day. So, but yeah, if I feel healed, then I feel I can be of service. So I've been of service to myself and now I'm hoping to be of service to others. And that's why I'm, I'm working with Heroic Arts Project UK. Um, they've made me their integration coach. I'm doing a transformational recovery and integrational recovery coaching course with being true to you 
um, which again has made me look at myself and realise how internal everything is. Um, so I'm hoping to, to pass that on and to help people when they're going through a hard time, you know, to coach them through it a little bit. You know, we've got to do it ourselves, you know, but it's nice to have someone there who can inspire you, who can coach you through it, who's been in them dark places as well. You know, that, that does help instead of maybe someone who's a professional who's diagnosing you. I'm not trying to do that, who thinks that you might be broken. I don't think anyone's broken. We're just where we're at at that moment. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of, the for me, a quite a natural progression from being someone who's helping someone get physically fit and healthy. Now I'm trying to get someone mentally fit physically fit and spiritually fit yeah so it's just added another another concept to it so if you're uh, if you're into like your Carl Jung theories and a bit of Jordan Peterson as well they would say that these energies don't necessarily go anywhere too much we just huh? can look at them and view them and decide which ones to challenge so yeah. having that dark energy accessible if we need it hmm. is quite useful according to Jordan Peterson He'd yeah be like you know it's good to be dangerous yeah but you've got to know how to control it. Do you still believe with that theory or do you feel like it should be about squashing as much of that dark energy as you can, getting it out of your body and purely living off good energy or do you think it's useful to have a balance? I think it's just a case of it's it's energy. Energy's energy. It's us who label the energy. So something that I might think is dark energy, someone else might not think that. Mm. So a lot of it's about perception, you know, in my view on it. You know, so energy's there. We're surrounded by energy. We've got energy inside us. You know, we're we're kind of passing energy at the moment, and anyone who's listening to this is getting an idea of that energy as well. You know, whether we attach to it and say this is dark energy, this is light energy, this is positive, this is negative. We're we're putting labels on that. Energy is just energy. We we can manifest or create that energy. So I can do something that can create energy that you perceive as being dark, you know, but in my opinion, it might not be dark, you know, or my journey might not be accepting that that's dark energy, you know, and that's why someone will do something bad to someone because in their eyes, they, they might not be perceiving it as being bad. They might be perceiving it as being, well, it's me or them. You know, and, and they might see it as in survival of the fittest. Well, that was a classic Hitler issue. He believed yeah. truly he was doing a good thing. Yeah, you believe that. Yeah, he truly believed yeah. he was doing. But we're all capable. We're all capable of being that horrible person. Sure. You know, so we're all capable of destruction. Yeah. But we're also all capable of love and creation. You know, and and sometimes in our life, you know, especially especially my own life, I've been destructive. Definitely not just to myself, but to everyone around me. You know, and, and now I'm manifesting the energy that's coming from with me and is, is all around me. Now I'm trying to manifest that energy into more of a love kind of energy or, you know, a good feeling. You know, people don't like to say love or, you know, especially when you're talking man's, men's mental health or women's mental health, you know, it's like, oh, love, oh, yeah, oh, crying, you know, people don't want to hear that, you know, but... Uh, ultimately that's where it is yeah. you know it's either destructive or it's creative and we're all capable of doing that so that's again for me where i'm connected to god or i can be god 
because I can create or I can destruct. You know, it's not right or wrong. It's just energy. I've never thought about it like that until you mentioned it. And I've read a lot of stuff on this, but you're right. If I go out this door now, my next action could determine whether that energy is transformed into what we would call positive or, or negative. Simple. Yeah. So, yeah, I've never really thought about it like that. It's just, yeah. just energy. It's just it energy. Have to be. Yeah, because in your head you have it of these, yeah. like, these compartments. Yeah. This side of you is good. This side, do you know what I mean? That's it in <laughs> yeah. your head how it is. Which yeah. one am I going to tap into? That's it. But that's why we're looking at trying to be happy. Yeah. We're trying to have that, oh, right, I want to be happy, I want love, I want this, I want that. And it's like, okay, but that's not how that's not how energy works. You know, whereas when you look at it more as energy, you start saying, okay, what am I manifesting? Am I manifesting creation or am I manifesting destruction? You know, and for me, creation's love, it's exciting, it's change. You know, and you might get anxious because of it, but I perceive it as a good thing, you know, and destruction, maybe I perceive that as as possibly a bad thing, you know, but then there's also sometimes things need to be destroyed mm. to come back again, you know, so again, it's that, it's, it's symbiosis, we're living in it t together, it's, it's, it's all is one. You know, and again, people might be thinking of um, had too much ayahuasca, you know, but it's, you get shown a lot of that kind of thing on your journey. Do you, you give know? a shit now, like, that people might listen to this and go, have you heard what Matt is saying? He's, like, you know, he's off his rocker. Uh, Are you worried about any of that? Nah, no. I'm not worried about that. No. Nah. Fair play to them. If they know me well, then I've always been a little bit off my rocker. <laughs> so, yeah. I think out of the well. box. I'm out of the box and I've always, you know, some of the discussions going back to Sarah and, and if I've changed were you know like come on Sarah I've always been a little bit looking that way when everyone else is looking that way you know I want to be a shepherd you know and being a shepherd can be lonely sometimes but the views are beautiful absolutely <laughs> it's so, so easy to fit in it's so yeah, easy it's, to fit in you know but I do love the idea of energy you know I've seen the energy I've seen that energy transfer you know from being you're in a good place something happens with a family member all of a sudden it's like you're spitting feathers you know the energy's transferred the energy you could get a phone call now and your energy could totally change you know so energy is around us like it or not you know it's a beautiful day today the sun's out it's giving us energy you get up in the morning and go for a walk especially when the weather's like this and you'll 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 be working you know some people can't get out of bed and go for a walk, you know, but the thought of it, think about it, visualise it, you know, it's all that working with energy. And my language has changed as well, Alex. You know, I learned that. I learned that as well for some of my, my self-work and sitting in, in, in a tambo in the jungle. My language started changing, you know, and I'm very, I'm very careful of what I say to myself. You know, because if I tell myself something too much, sometimes I can become that thing. You know, whatever you're telling yourself. You know, so I'm, I try and I try and be very careful about labelling things. And you know, and and what I say. And language is man-made. You know, so we can say what we want. You know, but if you're not doing it, and people can't feel that authenticity from you, then language doesn't mean anything no we spoke about levels I think 
how you speak to other people is you know something you can be really aware of but how you speak to yourself that's yeah. you know, correcting and being aware of that yeah is is another level i've seen with a lot of veterans how they've very beautiful to other people but they've got no self-love they don't they're not beautiful to themselves they're constantly like having a go at themselves they're never good enough it's that constant you know and a lot of people are like that Get that, mate. I get that. Yeah. It's, hard. it's a hard thing. Sorry, mate. No, no, yeah. no, no, mate. I'm, I'm very, totally transparent. Very, on. very beautiful, you know, to other people and trying to help other people, but sometimes not kind of going. Yeah. Actually, I'm doing all right. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm working with the tools I've got, and I'm trying to be of service, you know, and 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 I'm okay, you know. It's the hardest fucking thing to to just look at yourself and go, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah. Of. yeah but it's not it's practice <laughs> yeah it takes practice you know and while you're attached it can be difficult yeah. but yeah. I see it as a process you know there's there's always cleaning and cleansing to do as long as you're doing that because like, uh, yeah. you don't it's not you don't put dates to these things you don't say by the end of the year I'm going to love myself do you you no. just have to consistently show up like you said and be in try the to do the right thing as well be in the present yeah I think yeah. that doing the right thing is the main thing yeah, doing, you know, again, I know I'll refer back to it, but what are you doing? Yeah. What? How, how are you, you know, when was the last time you took a self-care day or self-care night where you actually did things that were good for you, good for you physically, mentally and spiritually, mind, body, spirit, you know, how many people are doing that? And that doesn't mean going out, having a day off work, you know, and, and putting you know toxins in your body or poison in your body you know i'm talking about things that are going to be healthy for you you know how many of us do that even if it is going and sitting in your garden and just being you know looking at the flowers looking at the bees looking at whatever you know how many of us are, are doing them practices you know if, if life's not going well you know which for some people it's not you know then step back and what are you what are you doing about that? What are you inputting into your body? You know, because if we're if we're honest and we start to look at ourselves and we reflect on what's been going on, you'll find the source of that and you'll look at who's responsible for that. You know, and every time I look at who's responsible for where I am now, it comes back to me every single time and I can avoid it and I can blame and I can point the finger at other people but I know that it's my responsibility you know when I had my bike accident and I couldn't move and I didn't want to even think that that was actually my fault that was my fault that that, that happened that was my responsibility and I, I wrote it down in a journal um I don't even think I've I've looked at it again but I wrote it down and while I was writing it down I accepted it you know and then it was easy to turn around and say you know actually I was a self-defense instructor and I'm riding around on a motorbike <laughs> and I took my eye off the ball for a split second and then I crashed my bike you know and ended up in a wheelchair whose fault's that it's my fault you know but it was difficult I couldn't, I didn't want to, I didn't even want to look at that responsibility for six months. There was no look. 
it was like right I've got to get fit I've got to get healthy I've got to get back in the gym I was properly here and then when I started sort of going okay because people go oh, who, oh what happened whose fault you know and it's like yeah actually it was my fault like, oh okay it's my, my actions my fault my responsibility you know so everything that happened from that was my responsibility even when I had my surgery and they missed my toe even though it was pointing up to the to the ceiling and it was properly dislocated and by the time they got to I had to have another operation and they got to put my toe back which would have been quite a simple say simple would have been quite an easy procedure compared to everything else that had gone on um, they've had to screw my toe in my, t my big toe doesn't move now so you know but it's like oh that was their fault they missed it no because when you go further back to the source yeah it was my fault so you know and when you accept acceptance is a beautiful thing because then all of a sudden you don't feel embarrassed you don't feel like, angry with all these emotions you start to go okay my fault right okay so what am I going to do about it you know yeah I took responsibility for it yeah. you know and it was difficult it is it's not nice yeah. I, I look at all my failed relationships and uh, yeah I was always like why do I keep picking why do I keep ending up with the wrong women and then yeah. you just like you say you wake up and you're like well you picked every single person that you've been with and you've behaved in the same manner. there's a reason why every relationship ends the same way a common denominator it's always a common denominator I've had every excuse everything every yeah and 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 again, it, it takes practice to be responsible for yourself. Of course. It really does. You yeah, know, powerful, though. It's very powerful, you know, and it's it's oh. very beautiful as well. It's freeing. You only haven't got to worry about how everyone else is behaving. It's, again, I, I know I refer to taking my armour off, but you it. take that you take that, that skeleton. It's weird how you can see it in someone, isn't it? You know someone, <laughs> yeah. like, and I'm not talking physically lighter, I just mean they seem lighter. Yes. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah. It's that word you said, energy. Yeah, it's it energy. Is. Jeff used to talk about radiating energy, and everybody yeah. used to think, well, bullshit. But yeah. when you're around it, you're like, yeah. you feel it. Yes, and, and and everyone can feel an example of that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the, the 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 ayahuasca ceremonies are really is really strange because you'll be in a ceremony, and there's different types of ayahuasca. So there's, there was an ayahuasca called, um, a lot of it's Cielo ayahuasca, which means yellow ayahuasca. And then there's there's another ayahuasca that um, the shaman used to use when, especially when you're working with Marines and, you know, these hardcore soldiers who've yeah. got these, you know, they're, they're, they're warriors, man. Yeah. They're, they're very beautiful people. And, and if they've got you back, you feel very safe. But to break that down, to break into them was hard. And there was another ayahuasca called Cascabel. And it was like, bring out the cascabel kind of moment. And occasionally, like, it'd be like, well, I'll be talking to, to Chris and he'd be saying, right, I think we're going to need to use cascabel on this guy. And straight away, my energy would be like, oh, no. And I'd be scared because in a room of 10 people, if one person is having cascabel, like, not always everyone, but guaranteed the person next to him, or anyone who's in tune with the energy in that ceremony, i.e. the shaman or me. And the first time that happened, where they gave cascabel to someone, I'd, I'd, I'd had cascabel on, on one of my own journeys, so it's a, it means a rattle. In um, So they refer to snakes as cascabel, rattlesnakes. And you get like v visuals, and your visuals will rattle 
so they'll be shaking. So they're very different to the other ayahuasca. There's similarities, but it's very different. And the first time someone had had cascabel on a ceremony, I said to the shaman the next day, did you give me cascabel by mistake last night? And he was like, he laughed and he's like, no, he says, but you're getting so in tune with the energy that you're getting the visions because there's like, they call it a psychic spillage. So one person can be, can be having cascabel and the person next to him will feel that and he'll be sort of have a different journey and a different vision and that's energy and, and and again talking about it people are thinking probably thinking what i know a few guys who experienced that as well and i was telling them about this is what's going to happen and they're kind of like wow but when it happened all of a sudden these guys are starting to go i believe in energy i have no energy you know, and it's and, and again, we can all feel it. We all we can all think of something like we're sitting in this in this beautiful place now. If some if a car suddenly come through that window, you know, the energy in this place would change. Yeah, we'd all be starting to think, well, how can I feel safe? Whereas at the moment, I feel safe. You know, so we understand energy to a certain degree, but we don't realise that when you're talking to someone, there's a transferal of energy. So we're sitting here now, and there's a transferal of energy. And when you start thinking of it like that, you start going, okay, so what energy am I giving out? What energy am I taking in? You know, and by watching certain things on TV or social media, you're taking in people's energy. You know, I think there's studies going on at the moment um, with certain TV programs you're watching, if it's getting your heart racing, sure. you know, and, and if it's stressful or dramatic, then things are actually happening to your body. And, and if you start thinking about how big a killer stress is, you're watching that program that's stressing you out from the safety of your own home. So all of a sudden, you're taking that stressful energy on. Yeah. And that's not a great thing, <laughs> you know. And again, there's some, I love technology. There's some beautiful things with it. It's helped me connect to people around the world, you know, and, and, I, and I love that. You know, but I'm also very aware of what I watch because, you know, if I'm adding stress to my life, then I've got to be careful with that, you know, because stress is a big killer. It's, they say it's probably the biggest killer in the world. Apparently, you know, diet. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's huge, especially for people like us. It's like, oh, you, well, you think you're covered, don't you, if you get your diet right? Yeah. And it's like, no, not necessarily. So, again, it's energy, you know, and it's again. I don't know, uh, say taking, let's take porn for an idea. You watch too much porn, you become that. You want everyone around you to become that. Your sexual life goes a little bit out the window. It's energy. You're taking that energy on. You start to think it's normal. You know, we become, environments are very funny things. If you're in a certain environment, you'll act a certain way because you programmed it to act that way in that environment. You know, so most people go into a pub and it's have a point you know, whether you're not supposed to drink or not. So the energy's there and the energy's like in our own living rooms. Everyone's got a TV, you know, literally everyone's got a phone. So you're, there's a lot of, I don't like to use the word control, but you know, when you control what you, when you choose what you watch, you have to be careful as well. You know, because you might be choosing to watch something and you might think, well, I'm, I'm just chilling out. I'm just, I want to switch off. But you're putting on something that's highly stressful. 
that's get rope making your heart race well, yeah and it's their job as well yeah it's the rightest job and they will say it's, it's, you've got to tune into emotions got to get you addicted you know and it's like Ugh. and that that can be quite controversial I, you know again referring back to have I changed and have the people noticed around you noticed it and you know Sarah look, Sarah works hard bless her you know like, and she'll come back and she wants to chill out and sometimes watch some TV and, and I'm sitting there and I don't want to watch the TV and it can cause a bit of a you know it caused a few a few arguments you know and it's, it's again for me it's energy you know it's weird I'm, I'm saying to my, my 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 boys like you know they like football and they like the UFC and, and I, I've you know I've worked corners for mixed martial artists, you know, I've seen the fights, I've been in that violence, I've been that destructive person and now I'm like, it's too violent, I can't watch it. And they're laughing at me. Going, what do you mean? It's, how can you say that's too violent? And it's like, it's just the energy from watching that, you know. In today's day and age, we're still sitting there cheering when someone gets knocked out. So have you heard it's the phrase? A funny it, concept. It, it takes a lot of violence to be this general. Yeah. Have you heard that phrase? Yeah. 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 That's how I get I that. Like I've, I've seen it. I've yeah. seen it yeah. firsthand with Jeff. Yeah. You know, I've seen Jeff go right through that transition period. Mm. You know, so I've I've seen it. You know, and, and even people like Tony and and Glenn. You know, some beautiful people. You know, and and even the things that like someone like Barrington was doing. You know, working with people who were homeless. You know, when. He was a a football hooligan, you know. It's, it's, we can change, you know, and there's nothing wrong with changing, you know. It's a good thing, you know. But um, awareness is where it starts, you know. And I'm not saying there aren't some beautiful programs on the TV, you know, because there are. You know, I walked in the other day and my son was watching David Attenborough, you know, and, and a nature program. And when you're watching that program, it's like you're there, you know. It's good for you. You know, so we do have to we do have to be careful. But I'll say this now: everyone's on their own journey, so you can do whatever you want. <laughs> it's your choice, you know. And please, you know, sit with it, take it in, you know. But just be aware of what you're giving out. Really, taking whatever energy you want to take in. You know, just be careful what energy you're giving out. And that's if I'm going to give a message, <laughs> maybe that's my message. You blow my mind today. On that. <laughs>